0: Welcome to the second episode of my podcast, Dunya Rising. Dunya means the world in Arabic. So Dunya Rising is really about us as a collective human family, going through our spiritual awakening, waking up to the truths of who we are and why we're here. For any new listeners, my name is Dunya. I've been doing podcasting for a few years, but this is my first personal series focused on spirituality well-being and creativity. I live in Glastonbury, which is a very energetically significant place. It's a place of pilgrimage, where a lot of people travel to for healing and connection to their spiritual selves. I actually visited here two and a half years ago, and I just felt completely drawn to the place. It felt more like home than where I'd come from. Really, since I've been here, it's just been a birthplace for so much growth and creativity, including music. DJing and sound healing and I've just met really interesting people here. So I want to share their stories so we can really connect deeply with ourselves, become more self-aware and learn from some really inspiring people. This episode is focused on women in music, women in bass and it features two really close sisters called Emma and Elena who I met by chance. Up the tour last summer solstice and for anyone who doesn't know the tour is a really sacred site in Glastonbury it's a really big hill overlooking Somerset um, a landmark associated with myths and legends which has the remains of a 15th century tower on the top and I met them during the potent energies of summer solstice and felt an instant connection at a time when I was actively calling in More conscious dance scenes, opportunities to DJ in sober spaces, and women in music. And as if the universe heard me, I met them both. So, Emma is a sound healer, musician, singer, songwriter, DJ, events curator, and founder of Ecstatic Dub, and is based in Wales. Elena is a Reiki healer, musician, electronic music producer, aerial dancer, and also co founder of Ecstatic Dub. Excited Dub is a bass-heavy, conscious dance event weaving music, connection, and sound together. This episode references the use of psychedelics. I am a huge advocate of the use of psychedelics as plant medicines used in ceremony and used as potential breakthroughs for treating mental health. I just want to make it clear that psychedelics are not safe for everyone to use. They can be unpredictable. So, if you're considering using psychedelics therapeutically, please seek out the support of a trusted shaman or a mental health professional, someone with a lot of experience using these plant medicines. So, this is a two part episode. In the first episode, we talk about spirituality and their awakening journey. Then, Emma shares about her experience as a sound healer and how she channels light language. And I'm really excited that we will end this episode listening to the track Waves, which is produced by Elena and Emma. It's such a beautiful song. Here are some of my favourite quotes from the episode.
1: And I think becoming aware of the paradox we find ourselves in, the fact that we are divine beings having a human experience, that we are both the individuated experience of self, but we're also consciousness, the same consciousness that makes up everything.
2: As we are the one, we already know everything. We already are everything. And so we're remembering the pieces of ourselves that we've forgotten. And it kind of feels like that when we're making music together. The intention is expansion and and bringing more love and awareness and consciousness to what we're doing.
1: It's all me. And I think that awareness totally changed the way that I interact with people and the experiences and everything that happens in our lives.
2: All of you is welcome here. Every part of you, your shadow, your light, every part of you, your whole spectrum, every facet of your being is welcome in this space.
0: My beautiful, beautiful sisters. I am so grateful to interview you both today. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And yeah, I'm just really excited for you guys to be here.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank that you for so having us.
0: <laughs> so interested in so many facets of both of your lives as musicians, as women that rededicate really yourself to your spiritual growth and your healing, that you're both healers. I thought it was really important to start with your journey in terms of when did your healing journey start and when did spirituality become really important to you?
2: I guess I've always been on the path in some way. It started with, I guess, books about like Buddhism and releasing from suffering. I feel like the general thing of most people getting to the point of, spirituality is like seeking and
3: trying to find an end to the suffering of everything
2: that's so heavy in this world and yeah I guess I've kind of always been on that path in a way but for me I had a huge spiritual awakening nearly exactly five years ago now at Boomtown Festival.
0: So interesting that was actually one of my questions to you both is Do you define yourself as awakened women? Because most of my time in Glastonbury and my experiences here, it has been men telling me about their spiritual awakening and not really women. And that's why I thought I was really curious to ask you both about that.
2: Yeah, within that, I would say that awakening is a constant happening and that we're always awakening more and more as we kind of, I see it as like a Russian doll, like we're like the smaller Russian doll becoming the bigger one. That is a continual process of like a never-ending pattern that just kind of goes out and out and out and becomes bigger and bigger like a fractal like the larger and larger iteration of that mm. and so like i'm constantly having a weakness <laughs> like oh god, is it not over <laughs> it's like no it's never over <laughs> that was like the biggest one at boomtown I ate too many mushrooms. <laughs> so that's um, how we get
0: awake.
2: <laughs> I feel like awakening can happen in so many different ways, but psychedelics are I feel like psychedelics are here on this on this planet at this time kind of mm. coming into everyone's awareness a lot more because they're like they kind of amplify it. They like speed up the process. They're like a short sharp shock into this you know and that was that for me I wouldn't recommend the way I did it to anyone because <laughs> it was so <laughs> intense actually, like, you know, I'm still <laughs> integrating some of it now five years later but it was a very intense experience I went through a very you know intense integration mm. afterwards and I didn't really have anyone basically got this whole vision and I mean the vision is I mean, it's like, I could talk about it for hours, but to kind of condense it, it was this, basically this vision, which since then I've realized was like a premonition, basically of the ascension process, a kind of like a cliff notes of what to expect and the process of that, all of it came true (laughs) to the point when I had another awakening through another psychedelic experience about two years ago, so three years after the original one. Yeah, I just had this awareness. I was being spoken to telepathically by light beings called the Arcturians. I don't know if anyone's familiar with those guys. And I didn't know who they were or what they were. They weren't really talking to me. It was just this knowing I had of them and they yeah basically showed me these visions it showed me how you know we need to process and ground our emotions and it was basically showing me the kind of template of the clearing of things the clearing of emotions the grounding of emotions in order to complete our mission here essentially
0: wow so you jumped straight in there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> telepathically communicating yeah, with bad. beings <laughs> yeah you, you went straight in quite deep I mean it's it's quite difficult to really sum that up like obviously you talk about how profound psychedelics can be for the awakening almost like this gateway but also this intuitive communication with higher beings
2: yeah
0: how did you begin to even go forward after that experience because that's often <laughs> The thing that people tell me is, how do we integrate these really profound experiences?
2: Yeah. We need people that have had these experiences to hold space for them. I think that's why if people are going and choosing to go down the route of psychedelics, then it's very important to have holding while that's happening like at boomtown festival it was not appropriate for me to do that there it was not appropriate space, but it also showed me so much and it was intense it was very intense going from like having no awareness to just this like it was it was basically like the veil the veil had been lifted Mm. that's what it was people speak you know there's all these prophecies of like that we are in the end times that this is like this is the apocalypse and like the word apocalypse literally means the lifting of the veil that is the times that we're in and so that's basically what yeah what I was shown and I was also shown it was just this blue pulse I basically saw that went over everything And it was the oneness returning, the lifting of the veil and the oneness coming back. And I think that that is a very similar experience through psychedelics of oneness. Everyone feels very connected to everything, very connected to everything around them, one with the whole, you know, part of it all. It was like pure blissful oneness. It was like I saw everyone as me. Everyone was part of me. And coming out of that experience back to this reality was like, I didn't want to be here. I was like, no, "No. what is this? I don't want to to be here. It was very interesting because I think what brought it on is actually when I was at Boomtown before it happened, I was in this real state of like just seeing everyone messy and litter everywhere and people not caring about the planet or the environment. Mm. And I was just at my wits end with everything. I was big on the Extinction Rebellion vibes at the time, and like, we've only got this long left, and trying <laughs> to like bring awareness to people and like freaking out. And because I've always been brought up with environmental awareness, and okay. I was really at the end of my tether, and I was like, we're on a sinking ship, that's it. And I was very, I was actually very suicidal at that time. Mm. And I kind of think that that's why it came in. But then afterwards, when I'd had the oneness experience, it was like, it kind of amplified these feelings of, like, I don't want to be here anymore anyway, you know, because, like, this isn't my home. This isn't where I'm supposed to be, almost, you know. Mm. And uh there's so many layers. I don't, I'm don't i sorry if it's yeah. just going on, but I just, oh. like, I don't want to, like, it's quite I, hard gave condemn- so- <laughs> I gave you such a
0: big question to start <laughs> with. It didn't ease you girls in. I was like, right, nature of life. <laughs> <Right>. Let's go. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> no, I mean, it's interesting, like, one thing that stood out to me of what you said then was first of all, your journey starting with exploring Buddhism and how can we release suffering and it's you know, you talked about experiences of being suicidal, you talked about, you know, going from this profound experience of oneness to actually coming back into this matrix world, feeling really dark, struggling with depression maybe. So what is it about that what is it about the darkness? What is it about the suffering that can actually be that gateway into spirituality? Is it do you feel like it was your suffering that then Awakened you, it was that, was the catalyst into, no, this spiritual life is really important. I'm going to dedicate myself to it.
2: We all have this like programming within us to better ourselves, to do better. We are constantly expanding, like we are growing. It was this message, it was this like, it kind of gave me purpose, this message of like, you know, you're here to complete this mission.
0: Mm -hmm. How much your life has meaning.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's like you have a purpose here. You're but I feel like the darkness, the shadow from an awareness of like all is one and the darkness is just an aspect of that and therefore an aspect of us. The separation or the perceived separation of the light and the dark is that the dark serves the purpose of the contrast. So it brings us back from darkness to light. Without the darkness, we wouldn't appreciate the light. Mm -hmm. So it's like a very necessary piece of the whole for us to come back to, I guess, neutrality.
0: I thought it was really profound, like some of the themes of what you were talking about, because although people's journey into spirituality can be so different and all of our experiences can be so different, there are those kind of there's certain themes that come through. And often it's like people seem to reach a crisis point and then something and it's like, I don't know what it is, that nature of being human that we seem to really need to reach a rock bottom before something really deep shifts within us or before we really then have to, there's nothing left to do but go to spirit at that point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, we're so like, we're so conditioned, aren't we? I think that's the part of it. Like we're very deeply conditioned into this reality, into Mm -hmm. what we see around us. And that is just, again, a part of being human in this day, in this age. It's like we need that catalyst almost. And I feel like the more we awaken now, for me, I need less now. Like I need less of a catalyst Mm. to create the change. So for me, I feel like we are here to bridge polarity and come to a neutral point and I see neutral as
0: unconditional love I guess Mm. so beautiful that you'd end with unconditional love and also talking
2: talking about bridging
0: the polarities just bringing me back to how I met you both up the tour (laughs) (laughs) I was on a mad rant about the polarities up the tour and the extremes of what you see so thank you for bringing me back to that memory and Elena, I wonder, do you resonate with what Emma said in terms of your, your healing journey, why spirituality became important to you? How <laughs> did the veil get lifted for you? Was, was there a similar theme of suffering or experiences of intense oneness? What was your journey like?
1: I mean, I resonate with a lot of what Emma said, yeah. But I guess my journey into spirituality and into healing was somewhat different. I'd kind of grown up with quite an open-minded mum. She was into things like feng shui and crystals. And there was never any information that came with it. There was just certain things that were done around the house and certain things left in certain places. And a bit kind of, she called it woo-woo. She kind of used to say it's all like witchy stuff. She used to think of herself as a little witch, which I quite liked. But then I guess I I started my journey into spirituality more so than healing by actually not really liking religion i learned over the years to understand a bit more about it but when i was younger i used to read books like the god delusion you know that kind of stuff which is kind of just disprove god and look more at the scientific side of it and i went to university and studied to you know science so i had a very scientific background and a lot of the spiritual stuff I was really struggling to fully sort of take that leap into it because there wasn't a science thing there to be able to prove that it was real and I was struggling to to allow myself to believe something that couldn't be proven and then my mum passed away so 20 years old and that really it just pushed me onto a path to understand where she'd gone I, I felt deep down that there was more to life in this life but again science couldn't prove that so then it had moved from this place of needing to know through science and moving into a place of feeling and wanting to understand that further so i started reading more books around the afterlife out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences and that kind of got me onto the path i guess more of understanding the layers of existence the multi-dimensional aspect of us and from that i went in to study reiki and became a reiki master and that L-turned my whole life from that i i was on the healing path fully i'd had the veil lifted in lots of ways just through the explanations and the experiences i'd had through giving treatments and receiving treatments as well and understood a bit more about light and frequency and color and I guess from that, yeah, it's the awakening happens in stages. It's like you get little droplets of information and then like a deeper understanding of, of that information that it kind of it just keeps expanding and expanding and suddenly you connect different dots and, and before you know it, you have this much faster understanding of something that you understood years ago, but like you understand it on more detail. Mm. But I don't know the word, do you know the word awakened has actually made it now to the Urban Dictionary and it's defined <laughs> as spiritually aware of the universe and its direct metac- metaphysical connection to one's own being and the connection it has to all life forces. The fact that that's in there makes me feel like it's definitely a quickening that mm. that you, you were talking about, Emma, this people are definitely becoming more aware of themselves and their multidimensional, multidimensionality.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: And I think becoming aware of the paradox that we find ourselves in, the fact that we are divine beings having a human experience, that we are both the individuated experience of self, but we're also consciousness, the same consciousness that makes up everything. And I think the fact that everyone you meet, as you said, Emma, is just an aspect of consciousness experiencing itself. That comes up in our lyrics as well, I think. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's all me. And I think that awareness totally changed the way that I interact with people and the experiences and everything that happens in our lives. You have that expanded awareness, then you, you can't hate the person for being rude to you because it's you being rude to you. <laughs> and so you find a way to have compassion for them or to have an understanding of a different perspective, maybe the journey they've been on. Equally, that awareness that if you're experiencing something outside of you, that's the paradox. What's outside is inside. You know, we have the polarity. So if you're experiencing sadness outside of you, then maybe there's some sadness inside of you that needs to be looked at. So all these things just become keys through which you can learn more about you. <laughs> and it's all you. So you're just constantly on a journey, I feel. <laughs> Never-ending mm. journey of healing.
0: <laughs> My heart is so warmed whenever I speak to you Like, honestly. So <laughs> warmed. I think that's really interesting. See, you you grew up with a mum that was kind of into the witchy stuff. I love that she referred to it in that way. But also, I I kind of resonate with you saying that you went kind of anti-religion, because I grew up with quite a strict Muslim dad, and then also half my family were Jewish, and then my mum was Christian, and it was just like a lot of religion in my family, and I got to a point of just being like, ah, it's all wrong, and it's all oppressive. And I, I similarly went for that journey of just rejecting it all to then actually spirituality becoming such a profound and most important part of my life. I think yeah, I mean,
1: with yeah. religion specifically, it's I started to understand that it's lots of different names given to kind of the same thing, mm. and that everyone's belief system is correct. You know, everyone is totally entitled to believe <clears throat> whatever they want to believe, especially if it brings them solace and serenity and peace and it makes them feel safe or it makes them feel empowered i'm all up for that but it's when we have the separation and when you know your people are pitching against each other because of their different beliefs and they're not able to hold space for each other's beliefs and each other's differences and are just allowing each other to be (laughs) i think that's what i was rebelling against was seeing this organized religion and seeing how if you're really stuck in one viewpoint and you're not able to see other people's viewpoints, how that can create friction and war and suffering in the Mm. long-term.
0: It's just that us versus them mentality that Mm -hmm. I think all of us are becoming really tired by these more and more categories to define us and bring us away from each other. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was really beautiful that you said that it's actually all me and coming back to that oneness and even you saying what's outside is inside and really how much I've you know joke with my friend about having this spiritual muscle when people are really getting to you <laughs> and having to come back to it's just me it's just me I'm one with them it could be so hard when people are really irking you but again it's just so It's that wisdom that comes from what you were saying about what's outside is inside and really tuning into our own internal reality and how we might be calling
1: certain things in or drawing certain things to ourselves as well. Mm, Definitely. In that situation specifically, if you aren't dealing with something yourself, you are going to be presented with it in your external. And so if you're getting lots of things popping up in your external, look inwards and go, okay, well, this person's disrespecting me. Therefore, how am I disrespecting myself? Because they wouldn't be disrespecting me if I wasn't disrespecting myself. They are just a mirror of me. Mm-hmm. And this person's really angry all the time. Well, what am I actually angry about? Why is their anger bothering me so much? If I mm-hmm. wasn't actually secretly angry about something, then their anger wouldn't be bothering me. So yeah, it just mm. gives you opportunities to really, your triggers are treasures. Emma gave me that one once. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Lovely love that. little line. But yeah, your triggers are your treasures. You know, you, if you get triggered, look at why you're triggered and what is it about that situation and where it's happened in your past. Invariably, we get these cycles, these patterns, and it's often something that happened in childhood or something that happened in younger years that we didn't have the strength or the know-how to deal with at the time. We didn't have the voice to speak up and say, actually, Every time you do that, mom, it makes me feel sad. Every time, you know, you don't listen to me, it makes me feel like I'm not important. And then when you're not listened to as an adult, oh, it sends you right back to that five-year-old you who wasn't being listened to. That you haven't made that connection, so you're going to keep getting the cycles until you are able to go back and hear that
0: and Honestly, forgive the person
1: for not hearing you <laughs> as you're
0: speaking I'm literally just recalling all the times I've been like really triggered by someone I'm really like hating on them and then realize i have just having all these realizations about what that was bringing up for me mm-hmm. and it's such an important one like it's such a wisdom that you know you think for your younger self like one sort of real strength of wisdom that you could give yourself would have been about actually going inward first and really checking in with yourself about what I'm feeling before pointing the finger out. So, Ems, my question for you is, you're an amazing sound healer. I've experienced your sound healing and just felt in divine bliss. Why were (laughs) you drawn to this medium of healing?
2: I just knew, I just knew it was something I was going to do. I've always leaned towards music. My parents used to sing to me when I was in my mum's stomach and they used to play certain music and say certain things and to calm me down. My dad would like to, he had a music room in the basement of our house when we lived in London and he would like take me down there and dance with me to help me sleep. I used to play piano when I was young and I played the saxophone and so I've always kind of played with music. I used to get the pots and pans out of the cupboards and wake them up in like early Saturday morning <laughs> by like banging and making music so I've always kind of been quite, quite musically inclined I guess. Mm. Um, how did and, you
0: experience sound healing? So when you had your sound, like first sound bath where you were receiving, how did you experience that?
2: It was really profound for me. It was really activating. When I listen to specific things or now it's mostly like light language and things like that yeah I was getting like body convulsions and and shaking and and rocking and lots of stuff releasing big like tension releases and crying lots of crying big emotional releases there was a piece of it that didn't feel as held as it could have been and I think that's really important within my sharing of sound healing to have the space the integration space to have the space of holding of welcoming of really being with the people that are there it can be bypassed a little bit sometimes or the the strength of it can be underestimated and so i feel like there was that kind of desire to have that more and it kind of naturally mm. unraveled, and was like, "Oh, I can, I can do that. I can be that, and share in that way, and hold space in that way." Mm. So, yeah, That's
0: really beautiful. Especially because mm. it's like I relate with what you're saying is when I've experienced sound healing, I've had some really profound experiences of channeling something came through mm. me and never even knew what channeling was and I was just speaking in tongue I've had re- like convulsions and my whole body is just really shaking. Like, I mean it was a joke it looks like the exorcist because I'm just like fully yeah. shaking and it's it, it's such an intense experience to go through
2: Oh cool, I just got full body chills when you said
0: that. <laughs> yeah. You need to feel safe enough though and I've had experiences with sound healing where I've, sh- I've started shaking and then someone's come up as if there's something wrong and then yeah. I and then I go I can't I get insecure and then I can't shake and then yeah. I, the healing stops. So I thought yeah. something really beautiful about you talking about as a healer, you really being present and helping people to integrate really welcoming people in, having a heart share and things like that seems like such an important aspect for you as a healer
2: yeah fully it's interesting that you said that as well about like going up and like almost stopping the process I don't resonate with being a healer that's not what I say like I don't say that I'm a healer like I say I do sound healing it just comes through I, I don't I'm not actually doing the healing I'm holding the space in order to facilitate the healing that's naturally happening for others which means getting out of our own way like it's not about my experience or my healing and in that way of like people coming up and kind of stopping that process it's not they're not holding space they're not holding space for the for the process to happen so for me I I witness people in those in those spaces and I kind of I'm aware I'm like okay well that person over there is having a really intense time right now I'm just gonna focus my energy on them, bring extra light into their process to hold space energetically as well as emotionally from over here. I'm aware that they're having a really deep process right now, but until such a time as they reach out, until such a time as they put their hand up or, you know, they, they obviously need assistance, they obviously need physical holding, I'm there to hold energetic space. And in that way for me, that means to to give the space to allow for the process to come through whatever that process is and Mm. that's not my ego getting in the way and being like i need to help this person because i'm a healer and i'm doing all of this healing it's like (laughs) no no (laughs) like they're healing themselves that's fine like the healing is naturally moving through them
3: Mm.
2: and they need the space to be witnessed in that and like actually as space holders i think it's a big responsibility for us to allow that to be because actually, the things that are coming through are what's supposed to come through.
0: Beautifully said. So beautifully said.
2: It really reminds me of
0: like when I was working in an addiction service and I was much younger at the time. And we'd have like a group in the mornings where it would be like a, a share and learning from people that had would even had like gone through addiction programs in prison that it was really important when someone was crying to not run up and hug them and to not like mm-hmm. run and do that because it stops their process. And that being quite difficult for me to understand at the time, being quite an affectionate person, but also recognising in myself, where is this person that's trying to rescue? And is that coming from a healing place for them? Yeah. Or is that my own stuff coming up with this need, this yeah. compulsive need to rescue? I do think it's quite like funny what you said about, you know, the ego that comes of calling ourselves healers sometimes, although I would both describe you both as healers personally. Especially in the spiritual world, there is just a lot of ego with everyone wanting to call themselves a shaman nowadays. So I do really feel you in that sense of how do we remove ego? And I also think it's really beautiful how actually it's really being present. Some of my own moments with friends have actually, where I've had a big emotional release, has been people that have just witnessed me. They've not even really needed to say much and yet just their presence and just their listening has allowed that process to come through. I really was just very interested with you to talk about light language because it seems to be something coming up a lot in the spiritual world and in our culture and I think for some people they think, what is that light language? It's a bunch of woo-woo, like don't really believe in it. What is your understanding of light language? Because I've heard you channel it and it can feel so divine. It can feel really otherworldly. What would you say to someone that maybe doesn't really believe in it or is a bit skeptical?
2: Light language has been a, an unfolding and unraveling for me. The way I describe light language to someone that doesn't know about it is kind of like, it's like speaking in tongues. I have a beautiful sister who speaks about, it. She, she doesn't call it light language, she calls it heart language. And I really resonate mm-hmm. with that. So I feel from an egoic perspective, when we awaken, we want to cling to something. We want to cling to something that we know. So... For a while, because when I had this big awakening and these Arcturian beings were the beings that kind of came to me, there was a part of me that was like, I'm channeling Arcturian energy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of saw it as like, actually, that is, again, it's, it's my ego clinging to uh, something external. When we don't know, we will cling to something external because it feels safer than not knowing and so a lot of people will say i'm channeling this deity and i'm channeling this race of beings and all of that sometimes it can sound really really weird you know sometimes it's like i'll be like making crazy like squeaky noises and sound like a Mm. mouse and like being like oh i (laughs) don't want to i don't want to be doing this in front of people and it's like that thing of like the embarrassment the shame the judgment all of this like moving through all of these things of like this person's doing something weird and how am I going to be perceived by others et cetera, et etc and sometimes that does come in and it's like okay well that's a distortion that's within your ego that's the separation and like actually I can feel it and I can feel it in the energetic stream while I'm while I'm bringing it through and I correct it really rapidly and I'm like okay bring it back to love, bring it back to love. And I think that's the kind of way I live. I I, I live from my heart and I come back to love again and again and again unconditionally. My light language transmission is that, basically. So it's, it's coming, it's bringing light. It's bringing light through. And it's connecting directly to source energy with the intention of the highest good for all beings. And... Whatever needs to come through will come through. Whatever needs to be released will be released. And that is basically my intention. We Mm. don't need to be getting our information through a secondary source because we are all tapped into the original prime creator source. And so when we can hold that awareness and bring that prime creator energy through with intention to facilitate healing, to assist, to help. To bring love, then that is for me, like that is how I bring the energy through. It's the intention. I think when it first started coming through, I was speaking in English. Ah,
0: and I was gonna was, ask you this.
2: Yeah, it was direct transmissions of it kind of started actually as automatic writing because everyone has the ability to channel light language. Everyone has that ability. We all as as I say, we are all tuned into source, we are all tapped into that. I see light language as codes that needs, need to come in. So everything, everything is a code, a movement, a sigh, a breath. Everything is a code that is coming in for purpose within the reality that we're in now. So every sound that comes in has a code. And that one tiny code that we bring through, through the courage and the bravery to step out of the shame and embarrassment that we feel by bringing this weird coding through, might actually be the main code for someone else to unlock and activate their entire blueprint. So we need to be sharing this now. It's very vital that we are sharing these codes and it feels of the utmost importance, in my opinion, to be doing that now, which is why I want to be bringing more, you know, I've started doing events where light language is integral to the share, we all have this and automatic writing is a really beautiful way of of bringing in this kind of awareness of the channel that we are it's kind of like we are the radio station and we're we're tuning into different channels to to play different channels you know so to play different music the channel comes through us so we're the radio and we're kind of tuning into different frequencies essentially automatic writing you literally just write down a question or whatever and you just let your pen go and just writing down whatever comes through even if you're writing I don't know I don't know I don't know (laughs) and like at some point something will shift and something will come through that that isn't actually you (laughs) and you kind of have that awareness and it's, it's almost like this this kind of stepped back separate thing that's coming through you and it kind of is you because it is you but it's also kind of not (laughs) and I had it once and I was sat there and I had it was like they were showing me this experience and I was like I was like rocking back and forth but my body was still and it was like can you see the separation because obviously there is no separation really but Can you see these two aspects of yourself? And it's kind of bringing this awareness of multidimensional existence. Now it's more abstract because I can kind of understand more abstract concepts now. I got a light language transmission actually when I was driving the other day back from London of the importance of the light being brought in now. And it came through in light language, and I just got the whole transmission as just a, as just an awareness. I was actually
0: just like grinning like a weirdo <laughs> the entire time you were talking, like scrambling like a nutty woman, <laughs> just like getting all the codes from her, just <laughs> I just thought you've just articulated it so well, especially for any listeners that maybe they've never heard of light language, and maybe they think, oh God, it's like a new age thing, because I. I've experienced it in two ways but I didn't know what I was saying and it only and it happened once in a ceremony and it was during a sound bath and I just started speaking in tongue and it was I all I knew is that I was speaking to the person who was channeling and it was a, a message for them I don't know what was coming through me I don't know what was being said but it changed they hear my, you? Yeah and it, she said to me I said I was it was just like this all I remember vaguely it was like and it was just coming out in like rhythms yeah. And she was very much like channeling the grandmother, the ancient grandmothers and calling in the grandmothers. So whether that was my ancestor coming through, I don't know what she was saying, but it changed my life, really, because it changed my whole wow. perception of reality. And another moment I had, which I thought was really interesting because you said something around we could be channeling something for someone else. And that we're all capable of doing it. And I remember I was in a ceremony and it was all women. And a sister was going, I don't want to go into, it's really personal, but she was going through a really dark moment that I don't even have time to go into. And I just sat up and I went, um, And I don't even, it wasn't even like a conscious thing in my head. I just Mm went, um, and it was the only thing that just came through for her. So that really hit me deeply when you said that sometimes it's like, it's coming through for others and it's that collective healing. I really want to try the automatic writing now that you've said this. I think that's really yeah. interesting. And it's a good way to unblock some of the, the mental clutter that we can yeah. sometimes have that really blocks us from trusting our intuition or going a bit deeper. And I also thought it was really beautiful. I wanted to read you something because I love these like animal medicine cards. And there's the book written by Jamie Sams and David Carson. And it goes through the animal totems and what it means, often in Native American culture. And one thing I pulled last night was the whale card. And it just really reminded me of what you were saying, because it says, if you pull the whale card, you're being asked to tap into these records and allow yourself to be sung to by those who have the original language. We are the only creatures who do not have our own unique cry or call find yours allow your voice to use this sound to release tension or emotion whale signals a time of finding your origins of seeing your overall destiny is coded in your DNA and of finding the sounds that will release those records you're a melody of the universe and the harmony is the song of the other creatures and it's like basically going and using your voice to open memory and to express your uniqueness and i just you know when you were just talking then i thought wow that really It just really fits in with like the animal medicine of finding your sound and it doesn't need to sound even good. It could just be rhythms of stuff coming out. Right, so... I mean, linking light codes, healing, spirituality into this is actually quite easy because I think as musicians and healers, it requires that sensitivity and intuition, which would make you gifted musicians, which you are. We all know that electronic music, DJing, producing can be seen and is actually, it's not really seen, a male dominated space. So how was Ecstatic Dub formed? And how important is it as women to be leading in this space?
2: I feel like the purpose of Ecstatic Dance is the process for the process to come up. It's a space of healing. It's really connecting into the power of movement medicine, to the power of dance, the music. And, I, you know, I would find myself really like in this one tune and like going into this deep process. And then all of a sudden the genre would change and it would just ping me straight out of my process and I would just be like, oh, <laughs> I was just about to release. Like for me, it's the bass. And I remember the first ever time I heard Dubstep, it was like, I was like 21, living in Falmouth, like taking all of the drugs all the time. But the first time I heard it, I I was out at this this night and it, it was like, I remember turning around to my friend and saying like, this is the vibration that my cells are dancing at. And it was like, this is it. This is like, this is the, this is the frequency that resets my cells that makes them happy again, kind of thing. And so for me, the base has always been my medicine. And then going to the Ecstatic Dance Bristol, loving the vibes and then going to teaching. So I was going to these two different nights and being at teachings and just seeing and feeling the love in the space and being like, oh my God, there's so much love here. But everyone's drinking, everyone's smoking, very separate, very disconnected, but connected at the same time. Because dub is dub is a very loving vibration. You know, there's like all of the all of the people that are there, like the Rastas, like, on about like love and love and One Love and all of this. You know, it's it's a very loving energy. And I remember being there one night and just feeling like, wow, if we could harness this in the same way that we bring Ecstatic Dance Bristol and combine the two. And I remember sitting there and saying to Stevie, like, I want to make a teachings, but an Ecstatic Dance version. And he was like, oh, that'd be amazing. I was like, yeah, I'd call it Ecstatic Dub. It was dropped in and it's just gone straight away. So I was like, right, Ecstatic Dub, I want to start it. I remember just messaging Elena and being like, I want to start Ecstatic Dub, do you want to come and play? Because in my opinion, Elena is one of the best DJs I have just heard, full stop. So like female, male, whatever, she's just top, right? So I was like, yeah, I want her, I want her to be there. And then my friend May as well, May Bird, she's an amazing singer. So I was like, right, so she can sing at the end and then we'll finish off with sound healing. And then another friend, Charlie, was actually, he does like dub But yeah, so originally it was women and men because Charlie was there and Elena was there and I was there and May was there and it was this merging of the two. And that was last March. That was the first one and as soon as we did some promo it just went poof, everyone was like ecstatic dub that's amazing like what a great idea yes 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 and all about love festival reached out and invited us and t- tiger Side from all about love was like we want you i've put you on the lineup is that okay and i was like obviously yes. that's okay <laughs> <laughs> so we went to all about love we played with beautiful sister Lulila and then Kyle came and helped with the sound healing our friend Kyle it felt like the seed it was like last year it was really like we only had a few events and it was like right we're going to plant the seed and then my intention for this year was like right we need to run with this we need to start getting it more you know we need to start doing more regular events I need to start thinking about doing events in Bristol yeah and then this year we've done three three monthly events in bristol we've run a retreat in collaboration with journey to the one we're doing boomtown festival we've got five sets now at boomtown we're doing love jam journey to the one again and then we've got a september or october event dates in bristol again so yeah it's just it's just going from strength to strength really you know it's me and elena kind of other main people and then we've got you know other people coming in and joining us here and there and it's just like a force basically so yeah it's just amazing and I'm so grateful for it basically powerhouse of women you two (laughs) really wanted to shout out like just Elena again because she, you know she does all the photography she does all the promo videos she does all this amazing stuff that's like all with the graphics and like And everything and it it, is just I'm just so grateful because it's like he's just supported me throughout it so beautifully and we are ecstatic dub now and and (laughs) and it's growing it's kind of becoming this it's like a mycelium you know it's becoming this network and it's becoming such a beautiful space for so many people to to be witnessed to be seen and that you know that's the intention it's this platform and it has been for just for women this whole time as well since that first day with charlie I've had it as female led female centered because it is important to showcase female DJs and female singers and sound healers. The feminine rises fast. And so that's what I felt that that I wanted to honor and it's been a really beautiful mirror of that in this connection with me and Elena and mm-hmm. just bridging bridging our energies and bringing other sisters into that as well so So, yeah, love you, Elena. Thank you so much for everything you do and all you are.
0: I'm very inspired, I think, especially being female led and like created. And you can really feel that having experienced this ecstatic dub. I love that you talked about dubstep, that you said that this is the vibration that my cells are dancing at. (laughs) 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 it's just a quote that I'm always going to think of now and also (laughs) the base has always been my medicine I need that printed on a t-shirt I need that tattoo on (laughs) me somewhere because I so resonate what a beautiful way to showcase your sisterhood and honor that relationship that you're co-creating together I think it is the healing is through the creativity and I think that's what's been really astounding about meeting you both and just being like god like they are on it I like wondered if you could, before you go, speak a little bit about the track, Waves.
2: It's so beautiful how they just unfold, these songs mm-hmm. that we create together. I feel like as we are the one, we already know everything, we already are everything. And so we're remembering the pieces of ourselves that we've forgotten. And it kind of feels like that when we're making music together. It feels like, oh, this is the song. We're just remembering how it goes <laughs>
3: together. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was it with waves, really. And it was, yeah, the words of, we are all just waves. We are all just waves in this universal maze. We transcend beyond the realms of this reality. I think it came, actually, from a vision that I'd had. And it was just the, the pattern and the awareness that we are all pattern and we are fractal, fractal patterns, waves of energy. And yeah and light exactly frequency light sound all of it is waves thank you for
0: listening i really hope you enjoyed hearing the stories of these magic women and their paths into spirituality and music check out the links in the description for more information about emma elena and ecstatic dub in the next episode we hear more from elena about being a reiki master understanding energy healing, making music and the power of healing frequencies. And now we're gonna end this episode with some beautiful music. This is Elena and Emma's track called Waves from their new album. We
3: are as we stand alive, feeling one with the divine Being space, being silent And say, we are all In this universe, amazing we